You know what really makes us mad is wasting money on CDs with only one or two good songs. Yeah. Tell them about punk. What's up, posers? Welcome to Funk Lotto Pod. I am your co-host, Justin Hensley, and Dylan is not with us again this week. He is still getting settled in his new home in Los Angeles and should be back with us next week. So this week in the co-hosting seat, we are joined by multiple-time guest. Uh, he's a brilliant writer who has written a ton of articles for No Echo. So please welcome back to the show our friend Adam Yo. What's up, Justin? How are you? Good to good to be here. I co-host is a strong word, but I'm down to <laughs> laugh and uh, provide all the hot takes you might need. So how's, how's Dylan doing? He's in L.A., so. Yeah, they just moved last week, so they're getting settled in now. He had an interview yesterday for a job, too, so hopefully something lines up soon for him. But, you know, the frustrations of moving. It's not the <laughs> most fun thing. Especially when it's not to a cheap place. Right. <laughs> And, but, like, you got to do it in one go, too. It's not a, well, I lived across town now, so i got to go, you know, drive back and forth for, you know, a week. But, <laughs> no, stick it on the trailer and move it. Yeah. Which I think what was the last time you were on. It was, was it for the Christmas, or not Christmas, but for the New Year or best yeah, of? Yeah, I want to say, you know, late, uh, late December last year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, it was probably when we made fun of, like, every pop punk band in the world right <laughs> yeah we that actually, was our, we we loved on a lot of them actually as i remember but yeah we did the pop punk pop punk bracket it was like 90s like we've got a lot of like people saying that's not pop punk that's skate punk or like that's hardcore like whatever it's just a loose conversation for a podcast we don't have for real that. you're listening right you're listening right. that's the important part that one did really well you're in our like that episode's like in our top 10 most listened episodes so I, that's funny. I would imagine every other podcast I'm on, that's been like the lowest rated episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're in the top 10 twice. I want to say the one you did. We did an interview with you on No Echo. And I want to say that one, the episode that's attached to that one does really well, too. So oh, cool. you're on okay. you're on two top 10 episodes. Hey, man, I'm putting it on my resume. <laughs> yeah. So today, uh, I actually reached out to you to ask if you had any ideas on who we should invite on the show, and you uh, made our connection for us, so I want to let you introduce our guest. Yeah, for sure. Uh, today on Punk Lotto Pod, uh, that I'm co-hosting, again, another <laughs> esteemed, esteemed uh Part of my resume, Angie Aristodemo from Resonating Zine, uh, Chicago. What's up, Angie? Hello, how's it going? Good, good. <laughs> awesome to have you. I'm from very uh, to ju- to be Justin, here. Uh, Justin tagged me as a brilliant writer. I wouldn't go so far, but from one writer to <laughs> another brilliant writer. Uh, <laughs> okay, awesome well, to have you here. Yeah, we're going to take compliments better. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the the writer of resonating zine originally the resonating yes. blog primarily focused on hardcore punk related music so you've got a good uh, i feel like you've got a good grasp on 
the many subgenres of punk and hardcore. <laughs> I try to. There's but there's a lot, you know. <laughs> More now than ever, wouldn't you say? Yeah. And there's a lot of pressure to uh, make sure when you're like describing a band that you choose the right one. Because uh, mm. <laughs> yeah. Have you also gotten the, the the angry? We don't sound like such and such. I've definitely oh, had those. I I haven't yet, but I not to <laughs> bring things up that I'm still mad yeah. about. But um, somebody else in, very early in my career told me that I misgenred a band, and that's why they weren't going to like pay attention to me. And. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you more about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's some, that's some uh, Patreon right there for you, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's, uh, that was something that stuck with me for a while. And then, you know, recently when I got a little more, like, regular with my schedule, I'm just like, eh, if they don't like it, they can message me and I'll I'll change crossover to death metal adjacent, <laughs> whatever you want me to put. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want that to make me sound like an ass. If you want me to change something in your article, let me know. <laughs> yeah, in the same way. Same way. <laughs> have you have you ever made the mistake of trying to like name a specific band that like uh, someone sounds like, and then they're like, "No, I don't, I don't, I don't see that at all. No, that's not an influence at all." It's like, well, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't matter if you heard it, but to me, it sounds like that. That's why right. most of the time when I list like what a band sounds like. I will have already asked them what their influences are. Um, but then that's really funny because <laughs> I've seen bands that I've worked with that have told me like, oh, we're trying to sound like this. Um, I've seen people go on Twitter then and go, why does this band keep saying that they sound like this? Or other people keep saying that they don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they said. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I do think, though, lots of the best bands arrive at their sound trying to sound exactly like someone else. But. It's just translated through their playing, you know? Um, yeah. That's funny, though. I, yeah, there was a band. <laughs> I will remain nameless. It was an, an article that never came out um, for another <laughs> site some years ago. They were named after a Cro-Mag song. You can do some digging if you want. <laughs> named after a Cro-Mag song. Sounded like the Cro-Mags. I said they sounded like the Cro-Mags. I'm like, what the fuck? We don't sound like the Cro-Mags. <laughs> At that point, again, it's like, are you just bad at taking a compliment? <laughs> yeah, I was like, there are worse things, I assure you. Yeah. <laughs> I I think, too, that a band is almost the worst at describing their own, like, sound and, like, who they sound like. Because they're thinking one thing, but what comes out, yeah, you're right, doesn't necessarily, like, translate the same way. So, like, I think the audience should be the judge of what they sound like. You can say what your influences are all, all day long. That's cool, but. Yep. Yeah. The other thing that's funny is, like, uh, I don't think any band wants to be compared, for some reason, to a modern band. So, like, I was a very loyal uh, AP magazine reader as a kid. And um, I remember they used to have the little scene kid bands, and they'd be like, sounds like four other scene kid bands. And it was true. And it, it made me find music that I liked. But if there's, like, a new band and you say, like, oh, that sounds like four other bands from their area. I mean that as a compliment. I'm like, well, Fuck you yeah. like bands from, I don't know, I won't name a state because then someone will get mad. But like, oh, you like bands from Wyoming? This is the Wyoming sound. Like, here you go. <laughs> and uh, they'll be like, oh, you didn't think we sounded like Madball, though? And it's like, no, I thought you sounded like the other bands starting to sound like Madball. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, though. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I bet the true sound of Wyoming, I think, is crickets, <laughs> right? That's it. Like, 
Here. Yeah. Who? This is. Is there a Wyoming band? I'm trying to really think so, of one now. That um, working on a feature for the website for literally, I just keep going back to it where I wanted to create a where if like someone wanted to look for bands from their state, I would have that there. So I have looked up hardcore with like every so like I've looked up like Alaska hardcore <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to see if it exists. Um, there's Does like two it? bands. A, like a couple i can't think of them right now but um uh yeah wait, Wyoming, i might have an alaskan think... one 36 crazy fists were they alaskan maybe oh that like metal core or whatever yeah i think they were yeah i think they were from alaska i could close be wrong. enough but yeah no there's uh i don't think there's anything in wyoming funny enough like it's the places i didn't expect um i didn't know there'd be so many bands from alabama and uh my friend foster who plays in the band flag bearer shout out to him um i messaged him and was like hey could you like tell, send me some bands from your area and he just for days send me these like long like maybe three pages of bands or something and i'm like that's enough that's, enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's not enough i appreciate it but i'm like oh my god i have to find links for all of these bands <laughs> yeah right yeah it's and that's a big project super cool but mm. I don't know when it'll be up, so this is like the exclusive reveal, this I guess. But, exclusive. Uh, <laughs> you need a sound effect it, there. Exclusive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think that a, a band scene can have an impact on their sound. Like, you know, oh, the idea sure. of, like, this is this area's sound is kind of exists. I mean, especially if they're young. I feel like a lot of younger bands, like, mm-hmm. are doing similar things as each other. So that's a really cool. Yeah. I'm all about context when it comes to music cuz like mm-hmm. music's not made in a vacuum. So yeah. it's either it's based on where you are, who you are, what time it is, what scene you're from, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. And I think it um it also kind of intertwines with like the other genres that are popular in your area. So like uh bands from the south definitely have like a southern rock kind of thing to it sometimes. And like by me we have a lot of like rappers, so I think a lot of like our hardcore is that kind of beat down with like the yeah influence type of thing. Yeah, no, and it's it's very interesting. Or California with all the crossover like hair metal yeah type. <laughs> <laughs> I did that, and I immediately was like, "Oh my god, they're recording me!" Um, <laughs> no way. I, I'll I'll make you know it worse I mean. later. I'll sing later. Just to cross it off. Well, we are talking about the band that like taught me how to sing later, so there you go. <laughs> anyway sorry that's perfect it's funny because like in the in adam you interviewed angie for a no echo article as well Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. in it you brought up that like you're a writer and angie's a writer and that that's like your main contribution to the scene and it really got me thinking because i was like you know what dylan and i started writing too like we started with Mm -hmm. blogs he got more successful and like actually got to write for a couple real sites like he did some writing for new noise briefly so like you know he he made a deal out of it and i kind of transitioned more into the podcasting side i feel like i was better at speaking about music than writing about it but even then like it's still that root of talking about music just in the written form and and it just made me wonder i was like what is it that kind of (laughs) drives drives us into writing as the the chosen medium instead of like being in a band or Mm. you know making merch or something like that yeah well, for me, with, like, the band thing, I see my scene kid guitar back there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I 
podcast narration. I have a white Ibanez behind me with a purple strap. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> well done. But no, I did the uh, I did the thing that most you know girls that went through an email phase my age did, and like played a lot of acoustic guitar and sang and that kind of thing. And like I do have musical talent, but I've never tried to translate it to hardcore. <laughs> and uh, not that I'm doing something that's like oh for those who can't do they teach or whatever, but like yeah. I feel like writing about it is something I'm more comfortable about because like. For me, and I don't, I don't know how you guys feel. I dive headfirst into all my interests, and you can ask any of my friends. Um, that's why my interviews are so long with other people. Actually, is because once you get me going about music, I'm just like, it will not stop. <laughs> and then I realized, hey, um, a lot of what I've gotten, like education on, you know, a lot of the ways that I've gotten education on hardcore and music in general, is. I think the word of mouth is really important and people going like, Oh, you know, you maybe don't approach it this way, but the people that were like, you just had to be there at those, at those killer shows in like the early two thousands, I'd be like, okay, well now I'm going to go listen to the killer. I'm not going to stumble across that on like a mainstream news outlet, Mm. but, um, and you know, not to compare us because I know no echo is like a massive presence compared to my same thing. Truly. But like that's that's part of why I started my blog is because I was like, you know, there's so much to learn here and it's so hard for people to learn about it. I want to be somebody that helps other people enjoy this thing as much as I do. So that's my reason. Oh, <laughs> that's rad. Yeah, I, I, I share a lot of the same sentiment. I think one of the things I appreciate and one of the things I really appreciate about your writing too, Angie, is that you talk to and you talk about small independent artists the way big outlets talk to big artists like that's the way they deserve to be talked to that's the sort of access and platform they deserve to be given and for you know for me like most of it was like I just grew up with normie friends so like I was (laughs) always alone (laughs) always the only person at the show like I never went with people um so I was like well not starting a band I don't have any musical talent like what that else is, is there? You know? uh, I I do love how there's just a lane for everybody, but I just I see it all as the same thing, you know, like punk lotto resonating, no echo. It's all just it's all a river, you know, with tributaries, and we all have the same goal, you know. And it's not yeah, what Pitchfork sure. does, you know. <laughs> we're not here. Not we're not here to shit on things. Pitchfork chat. But not that I would turn down a pitchfork check. <laughs> <laughs> Change them from no, the inside. Yeah, exactly. And it I mean, I do think personally that it seems like pitchfork I, I could be wrong. I don't keep up with it like super well, but I think they've gotten a little kinder over the years or A little bit, yeah. Because I remember when I was a when I was a kid going through like I don't know, like my indie phase, I'd be like, they're so mean to counter overs. They just don't understand bright eyes. They're so mean, like stuff like that. And now it's a little more of it, at least like a critique versus like, this is a, a sad man and this is boring and blah, blah, you know, <laughs> you know how it works. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. that is one thing I do want to uh, also put in there. So I do talk to bands like they're big because they're big to me first of all mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. it's a thing that matters to me but also uh i do make it a point if i don't like something i don't typically write about it 
I think fans need to be uplifted versus like being another source on the internet. They're like, let's say no one's ever heard of this band. There's one article about them. It's my article shitting all over them. That's yep. not okay. <laughs> like, nope. That feels very mean. <laughs> so yeah. I would rather if I get something in my email and I don't like it, just kind of not do that. <laughs> theme here yeah i i forgot that whole angle but well said i think that's honestly the most important thing i i'm of the opinion that like if you don't like something you shouldn't write about it at all ever no matter what your outlet is i know that doesn't get the same clicks but what a shitty energy to put out in the world (laughs) i mean you could for sure like critique it if you're like, oh, I liked this album better, or like, honestly, this was funny as hell. But um, <laughs> one of my friends, again, Patreon exclusive, I'll tell you later, but one of my friends of the zine got, <laughs> actually from your area, Justin, got a band like sent to him to review, and uh, it was terrible, and I think there was like, misogynistic lyrics in it or something. <laughs> and he, in the review, was like, not sure why you thought I would like this. <laughs> something like that. And, um, yeah, stuff like that when you need to, like, speak up and you're like, oh, this, like, this isn't okay what this person's doing. True. I guess I could see that. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, I'm not going to, like, if people are making music about bad things, I don't. I also don't really want to give it a platform. But by all means, if other people want to yell at them about yeah. it, I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair. Because I get emails all the time from bands that are just, like, they they just see that I have a punk podcast and then so they'll send us just yeah. like a blanket like press release and then it's like play our song on your show it's like well that's not really how the show works but whatever <laughs> and and I'll and I'll listen to their band and be like yeah I'm gonna pass on this I just don't tell them I'm passing and I don't like you know put yeah. something on here that I don't like I don't think I've ever had anything on here like any guests on here that I've mm. not liked their music or art or whatever they're putting out there so. I don't want to set that personal precedent. Yeah. And let me add, if somebody uh, is listening to this and you have, (laughs) like, emailed me something I didn't write about, um, (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) There's, like, so I'll say things about, like, yeah, sometimes I get emails of things I don't like or, like, genres. A bunch of times I just don't have the time to write about every single thing that I like because I don't want to clog up everybody's Instagram feeds. So, uh, no, this does not mean that I hate your band. Right. Send it again. Give it a whirl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna piggyback on that. I'm gonna let Angie speak for me and say <laughs> I also uh, lost the email. That's all. <laughs> Sometimes it's time. I have a folder. <laughs> That's a good idea. I should do that. The no <laughs> folder. <laughs> we talked a little bit about uh, going back to shows. I guess before the recording really started, but. Uh, as of right now, 2021 is a weird year still. Um, mm-hmm. Shows are happening right now. We don't know what the future looks like. This will be kind of old news by the time you know it goes up. But at the same time, like today, I was planning on going to a show, and then there was a venue change to an entirely different city. So now I'm not going to that show <laughs> due to... Um, Someone in the original event, well, the original venue was someone's house and it was a basement show. Someone in the house having COVID, so they wound up mm. like moving, Ooh. moving <laughs> to like an hour, no, maybe like two hours away from me. So, like, I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to that show now anymore. Quite the venue change. <laughs> yeah, completely different, like, part of the state. Yeah. But uh, I, 
have you've been you've both been able to go back to shows uh how mm-hmm. how's it been like I, I, i'm kind of nervous going back to a show yeah, yeah what do you think angie yeah um, go for it well i had the time of my life at the two shows i've been back to i will say i think like covid related fears are different in different parts of the country so like i won't speak on like that level of safety because i think that's personal but yeah yeah, I mean, <laughs> it took until the second band at my first show back for me to uh, just just shed a tear. <laughs> Fuck, yeah. I'm so happy to be there again. That's um, so cool. And uh, yeah, it's a lot <laughs> for sure. Like to get back to, you know, being in crowds of people and stuff like that. And, you know, talking to people you haven't seen in a year and everything. But like, I am very happy that shows are back personally. Um, and hope they aren't going anywhere anytime soon. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much my take on that. Yeah, for sure. I it was kind of similar for me, you know. Again, you know, due to the area, Maryland has somehow done okay despite being mm-hmm. really, really densely populated. So it was in, you know, it was in Baltimore. It was the first show back at uh, the Auto Bar, kind of like the linchpin for the city, uh, music wise. And it was like. Five or six bands, you know, um, End It, Raw Brigade, a few other people, Queensway. And it was like, it. as soon as it started, I'm like, yep, <laughs> this is fucking dope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there, you know, and again, there was a bit of that, like, you know, unsettled feeling like, all right, I'm back into something that um, it's it's been a minute and things are still very much a going concern. But um, it was yeah. great. It was great, to be honest, you know. And one one thing I do want to add for mine that was really interesting is um, I've never gone to a show alone in my entire life. And then for some reason, I'm like, first show back, I went back, I went there alone <laughs> and uh, was very, like, scared that that was going to be anxiety inducing and terrible. But, like, I don't know if it was, like, the first show back vibe or something, but there was so many people to talk to that I forgot were there. And, like, it's also in my personal experience, kind of a nice reminder of a couple of things, which is one, how many people uh, like you that are in the world mm-hmm. <laughs> or like me rather, and are, are good people that you should be around. And then second, very, very important is that hardcore does not only exist on the internet. That was a <laughs> wonderful reminder. <laughs> yep. Wonderful, important reminder. We've all been packed in with these people and their hot takes. And then I, I went to a show and I realized, oh, those people aren't here. <laughs> those people aren't standing on a table being like, hot take. I just think that, no, we're just we're having fun. Keep it light, Karen. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's no one at the hardcore show, like, reading out all the hot tweets from the last two weeks. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, yeah. we're good. No, like hardcore strip club tweets <laughs> like that <laughs> what if <laughs> oh the classics <laughs> yeah i have a show com- coming up soon in dc that i'm gonna try and go to uh for, I'll, I'll talk about it friends of the show bakai and oceanator are playing they're playing with bad moves and the black cat and it'll be my first show back i'm like please no shutdowns please no shutdowns <laughs> this, yeah. i need I this show so bad well, cool. So we'll go into the the more um, basic format of the show. So the the premise of the show is we assign our guests a year and they choose one punk, hardcore, emo, or punk adjacent album from that year for us to talk about. 
and I gave you the year 2007. And before we get into the album you actually chose to talk about, we could talk about a couple of the other albums that came out that year. 2007, how many years ago was that? Uh, 14? Yeah, 14, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's as good as my math ever gets, I assure you. Yeah, you did that quick. Well, I was getting the calculator out. <laughs> So, uh, what, um, Angie, what are some albums that came out that year that you almost chose for us to talk about? Oh, really, really quick disclaimer. I just want everybody listening to know I was 10 turning 11 in this year. (laughs) Wild. Yeah. So I uh, very clearly was starting middle school. So don't shoot me for maybe (laughs) the lack of hardcore crud here. But yeah, so what I, I do want to start off with is um, I only could find two hardcore albums that um, came out this year, which were Assassins in the House of God by All Out War, fantastic album, and The Most by Down to Nothing. But those aren't my favorite records from either band. So that's why Agreed. I was like, not yet. Oh my God, <laughs> this one. I, <laughs> okay, so the one that I was very like bitterly in contest with was Infinity on High by Fall Out Boy, which again, I think is a fantastic album, but I literally was like doing night drives for like three days straight trying to decide which one like hit better. Yeah. Um, this was the one I chose. And yeah, um, that's a really good album. I will say it's not my favorite Fall Out Boy album, even though Fall Out Boy is one of my favorite bands, which is again why it didn't get chosen. Uh, do you want me to <laughs> break so you can respond to that? Because there's a couple more. <laughs> um. <laughs> I did want to mention the hardcore thing. So, like, you, when you said that, yeah. you said that in our chat before getting ready, the, ready for this episode, and mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? It 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 is an interesting year for hardcore because it's not yeah. a huge year. Like, there's no. there's good records, of course, but it's a very metalcore era still. So, mean. <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah. of scene bands. Yeah, uh-huh. for sure. And I liked all of them. Yeah. There, there is a little bit in the way of like, there's some Death Wish stuff that's coming up during this time period. Like, there's a Shipwrecked mm-hmm. album that came out that year. I, the one that I saw that was like just a straight up hardcore record that I remember being like a big deal at the time and like still kind of held up. Uh, Ruiner released their uh, last mm-hmm. album that year. Baltimore baby, yeah, love that one. Like that was like, I was like, oh, that's a really cool straight up hardcore record that like it probably is the most iconic I, I don't know i would have to dive really deep to try and figure out what else would be more important that's not also metalcore or also like like there's a municipal waste record that came out that year like that that was a big yeah. deal but that's a specific sound too do you I'm remember like, much about hardcore know. in 2007 me or adam either yeah, i was gonna say 10 year old angie or <laughs> i guess you more adam. <laughs> well what's funny yeah, is that like i, I so put this in perspective i was 27 so <laughs> definitely in a different point in life um oh, yeah. so <laughs> I, I i put together actually like a diverse list of the things that really hit from that year especially some that were you would have seen on that list um one of the albums that i fucking loved this is the oddest two pair of albums is the insect warfare that power violence band world extermination mm-hmm. and that was one of my most listened to. And then Tegan and Sarah's The Con was like oh, my oh other. Yeah. That came out like, that year? Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's so much older than I think. Um, yeah. 
That's like that's my <laughs> favorite of theirs. Oh, do you? Oh, let's hear it. So uh, the Tegan and Sarah thing, I do want to say really quickly. Um, so age ten is actually also, uh, which is probably sounds crazy to people, but age ten is uh, when I came to terms with being bisexual. So Tegan and Sarah was obviously the uh, the woman loving woman band of the year there. And uh, so my mom is a hairstylist and she just moved away maybe less than a year ago, but she always like had to do all my like, I feel so bad for her. Cause every time I wanted like seen hair or like some weird trendy haircut, I had to ask her and I begged her to give me the Tegan haircut <laughs> cause I wanted to be like visibly gay. Oh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, I had the little like asymmetrical on one side thing and was like, ah, nobody understands being gay like Tegan and Sarah does (laughs) so I have very fond memories of that album but um it was funny because I was so far from like what they were talking about and then I remember when I turned 19 and I listened to the song 19 for the first time I'm like this is it (laughs) that's wild that's so cool though I mean think about how cool that is for I mean for anyone uh, any age but like to feel that at 10 years old yeah to feel seen and supported, you're like, holy shit, that's big. Yeah, and I, I won't say that I felt like fully, I don't know, support because like I think kids, kids these days, um, <laughs> there's a lot more like LGBT representation and stuff. Yeah. Uh, even just through things like TikTok. So I definitely still had a thing of like, oh, I'm weird. But that that was mm-hmm. when I realized it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It was pretty cool. There's there's my backstory <laughs> that's cool that's cool i that that album holds up so oh, well for me absolutely but and i don't know if, oh, yeah. so if you were really into those scene bands at the time i was not <laughs> i didn't have like any it wasn't like disdain for these bands but i was like the alternative press thing i was like it just wasn't my thing and there are so many bands mm. that i was like holy shit i missed out because i thought they were part of that whole thing mm-hmm. like yeah. Circus Survive, Fall of Troy. Oh, so good. Fucking, like, have become two of, like, my favorite bands ever. And I'm like, I just completely bypassed all of them because they would get coverage in AP. And I just assumed that yeah. that wasn't for me. You know, it's uh, funny because... I think that... Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to go off, piggyback off the age thing. Like, I was 20 going to 21 in 2007. And so, like, I was still a little tapped into, like, the more, like, metalcore side of the scene. Like, I wasn't yeah. on the warp Tour side as much or, like, the emo side. And, yeah, there are bands that, like, I, too, missed from that very same time period where I was just like, huh, I thought they were this kind of band the whole time. And I was completely wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get um, into another one later on. But, mm. yeah. Yes. I just realized, actually, as a quick little side note thing um this was also the year that i was allowed to go to my first concert not to totally get off topic but uh so within the same month i saw bayside play in a record store acoustic which was awesome um and then i went to a panic at the disco arena show (laughs) (laughs) a couple weeks later so very different uh with my mom so very different experiences but anyway um yeah, no, I was very tapped into seeing kids stuff, and the the reason I brought that up or thought of it is because um, I think I have a unique perspective compared to you guys, which is I come from the generation where um, being super overprotective started happening because of all the, like, internet cyber weirdness of people and stuff yeah. like that, and, like, 
just stuff like that. So I actually wasn't allowed to go to punk shows or anything in a bar until I was like 17, 18. Um, so that's why my perspective is a little limited where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sure there was like awesome hardcore albums at the time. But I'm just like, you know what the heaviest thing I'm aware of is? Uh, the Pierce the Veil and a Day to Remember albums that yeah, came yeah. out that year. <laughs> <laughs> but we all we have we have to have those bands, you know, like yeah. everyone has to have those yeah. bands at whatever age that is. I wasn't ten. That's fucking cool. I was like <laughs> I was a little older and for me it was like, you know, Green Day and those kind of bands. Um, oh yeah, Green Day was the first like rock band I liked when I was like six or seven. Okay. <laughs> six or seven. I'm a, wild. I'm a very musical family, if that explains yeah. anything. Like my mom plays guitar and sings, and uh, my dad's always been like, oh my god, he has a massive room of like hair metal records, just like wall to wall. Uh, and you know, I feel like everyone in my family is like a music fanatic, and I was kind of just like prepped for that. You were destined, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it was going to happen. Yeah. Apparently, uh, the only thing that used to shut me up as a baby is being rocked to, like, Iron Maiden, which I think is a hilarious story. Yes. Fear <laughs> of the dark, right? Oh, yeah. See what I That's mean? Funny. I could talk about music for, like, five hours. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. all there with you. I was going to say, I love that we're almost at an hour now, and we still haven't got to our <laughs> album yet, so this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, the, uh, in summary of my part of bands that I didn't choose, um, Infinity on High, Fall Boy, awesome album. That was like my next contender. Uh, I I do want to also mention, which is also like more scene kid bands or whatever. Um, a lesson in romantics by Mayday Parade came out that year, and <laughs> Adam's maybe gonna laugh at me because this one's from his state. But I was a big fan of So Wrong It's Right by All Time Low that year. <laughs> <laughs> this is the episode where I lose all my cred. <laughs> no, no, you know, I like what you said though. In you know, and it's something that people, everyone knows, but no one really acknowledges. In the we were all chatting earlier, just yeah. that you said like, oh, I wasn't born. You know, you're not born at a fucking karma show. You know what I mean? <laughs> like when I was three years old, I saw Biohazard. Like no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like. I went to fucking, I saw Millie Vanilli. I saw, um, <laughs> which, and it was awesome until I learned the oh, sad yeah, truth. Yeah, that was a great time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, like, there are just those those bands that get you started on your path, you know? And yeah. it's really weird if you were listening to, like, Agnostic Front when you were 10 years old. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, I, and, like, I was aware of some hardcore bands, like, um, yeah. I knew who Hatebreed was from a really young age, so the fact that I got to interview them, I was literally like shitting my pants. Uh, but anyway. Yes. yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's I don't know. I think a lot of people my age, if if you take anything from me today, um, don't feel ashamed because you didn't you weren't born at a bulldoze show. Like it's fine. <laughs> um there's that would be chaotic, but <laughs> Someone was probably conceived at a bulldoze show. That's fair. Um, It's it's the riffs. No, but um, yeah, a lot of kids, or I say kids, like hardcore kids, a lot of people my age uh, come in kid music or pop punk or whatever. Um, Truthfully, the first time I ever saw a hardcore band playing was at a Real Friends holiday show in Chicago. Um, I won't mention the band for reasons, but if you know, you know. 
and uh, and um, yeah, outfit to our hosts, Milwaukee. Um, yeah, so that's the thing. Like that's why I think things like mixed genre and stuff like that are so important. Um, but either way, don't feel bad if you like used to crabcore. You're here now. Um, not everybody can have that super cool like. I used to hang out at CBGB when I was four years old and no one would watch me kind of upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> okay if you had a MySpace name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Everybody comes from different points in, you know, mm-hmm. we weren't all there for the first wave of Black Flag shows in L.A., so, you know. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure it would have been cool, but. <laughs> right. You had your and own just, cool experience. Oh. Justin, I don't know about you, but like one of the most fun things that I did during the pandemic was honestly going back to this era and you're like plucking things out of out of that. And uh, Justin, if you have some albums you wanted to highlight before we jump into the uh, into the into the big one. Oh, okay. uh, Like I said, no, no spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) even though it's on the title of the episode, but, you know, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm a woman in alternative music. <laughs> uh, should we just like run down some like important or I guess bigger records? Is that what you mean? Or are you talking about just like my personal picks? Yeah, I mean your your personal ones and some important ones just to hear what we uh, if there's a consensus. Um, you know, so the site I use to check out records that came out in a certain time period is based on popularity. And it's also like I tag uh, bands that are influenced by punk rock. So uh, number one on the punk charts for 2007 uh, is actually Neon Bible by Arcade Fire. Uh, on the punk chart. <laughs> yeah. It's because the subgenre includes post-punk revival. So yeah, that's okay. why it's on there. little odd choice i guess i'll throw in the three that are there so it's neon bible there's the boxer by the national or boxer by the national and then uh arctic monkeys favorite worst nightmare those are kind of like the big records um which i funny enough i i did like that arctic monkeys record a lot back then (laughs) i've heard (laughs) that's good um, is that their debut i'm not sure to be honest yeah i'm not as good at history with bands like that for some reason yeah yeah but um i just remember being a fan yeah they they used to play them on like i think i saw their first like the first time i ever saw them was a music video on like headbangers ball or something Fuck yeah! when they awesome. stopped when they stopped playing just metal and started just playing like the strokes you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. that was a lot of my early exposure <laughs> um and you probably remember this uh new wave came out by against me that year uh big big deal major yeah. major label release um, a lot of people were like, they're not good anymore. Whatever, you know. <laughs> big band. And then they did me. that again a couple years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a big band for me. That's an album that I'm still not totally sure how I feel about. There's some amazing songs, but again, I think the uh, I don't remember if it's Tegan or Sarah. The song they did with Probably, yeah. with Tegan and or Sarah um, <laughs> is still my favorite on the album. And there's a song near the end where uh, Laura Jane Grace, where she kind of lays it out, um, doesn't lay it out plainly, you know, but like yeah. she said that she did it for her, you know, what was to come. Yeah. Listen back to that now. And you're like, that's fucking amazing. Like, what a beautiful song. Oh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just looked at the album because I wanted to know which. Because I was like, oh, you're gonna forget if you which of your first crushes was on this. No, but it was Tegan. Um, it was Tegan. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I I do remember this album as well, actually. Um, yeah. not super well, but yeah. Um, I remember. No, that there was like a couple songs from that that like immediately sprung to mind when like Laura came out and everything. And I was just like, oh, mm-hmm. all right, yeah, you're yeah. trying to tell us. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. Read the tea leaves, people. You know. Yeah. Yeah, there were definitely <laughs> songs that like people like highlight after she, after she came out. Like like the there were all sorts of like articles coming. I was like, this lyric makes sense now. This lyric makes sense now. It's like if you just really thought really hard about it, you could probably figure out what that means <laughs> yeah. too. <laughs> Hopefully, this isn't uh, offensive to anybody. And if it is, I'm sorry. But as soon as uh, I found out that Laura came out. I was sitting with somebody that liked against me and I was like, well, if she wants to dance and drink all night, no one can stop her. Yes. <laughs> well played. Well played. And you know what? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, lots of, lots of interesting albums there for sure. Um, I controversial opinion. I think uh, for those who have heart by a date remember that came out that year, a lot of people are not going to admit that that was an important influential album for them, but it absolutely was. <laughs> Those, I think both Day to Remember and Four Year Strong still have a really big imprint. Like, I mean, a lot of the bands that are coming up now grew up on that shit, you know, like, oh, for sure. you know, and, and I do love, I feel like the modern, the modern hardcore scene, just the modern music scene, people are just so much so much more open-minded and willing to embrace different genres and subgenres um, yeah. in a far better way than they used to. You know, people used to like hide, was, um, hide their CDs yeah. behind other CDs back in the day, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, I don't, I'll, you guys will be the only ones that will be able to see this, but uh, when I got my first tattoo, when I turned 18, I was still like just finding hardcore. Uh, so I have a gigantic, gigantic a day to remember tattoo oh that's <laughs> right rad here, though actually. so but luckily like i got it in art because i'm like or like some kind of pretty art versus a quote because i'm like if it's just cool no one will ask and i have people at shows sometimes be like oh what's that lyric from and i'm like common courtesy by a day to remember <laughs> and then they're like come on that wasn't even one of their like well-known albums and i'm like oh, it meant a lot to me at the time i don't know yeah. <laughs> but no there's yeah and no, the lyric uh, is not I'll rip that scandalous bitch in two, even though I do think that is a hilarious lyric from For Those Who <laughs> <with> Heart. <laughs> uh, yeah, what is the plot to bound the panhandle? That's what that song was. I don't know what their beef with Florida is, but... <laughs> well, don't worry, we'll, we'll be talking soon about a, a, a no longer used lyric, right? Yeah, yeah. That you is know, true. I, I think this is a perfect segue into into the album we're talking about today yes. uh so we're all chatty <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i know i was looking i was like oh we gotta be done by a certain time so <laughs> let's get going yeah, sorry. Uh, no, no, no 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 it's awesome we're, we're all contributing to this extension of the conversation um That's true. cool i gave you 2007 and you chose paramore's riot
Paramore formed in Franklin, Tennessee in 2004. This is the band's second studio album after 2005's All We Know Is Falling. It was released March 13th, 2007 on Fueled by Ramen. A lot to say about Fueled by Ramen later, too, I'm sure. (laughs) And the personnel on this record is Haley Williams on vocals, Josh Farrow on guitar, Jeremy Davis on bass, and Zach Zach Farrow on drums. The album was produced by David Bendeth, who, uh, regular listeners of the show, we just talked about him. Uh, He was the producer on Hawthorne Heights' If Only You Were Lonely a couple years later. It was recorded at the House of Loud in Elmwood Park, New Jersey. And interestingly enough, Jeremy Davis was fired from the band before the recording started. So Brian Weaver was brought in to record all the bass parts. And then Jeremy rejoined the band during recording to contribute backing vocals. So... That's why he's credited on the album as the bass player. It's one of those, like, that's his role in the band, but also he didn't play anything on the record. It was... The album was a mainstream success. It is certified triple platinum as of April of this year. I think it Whoa. just hit triple. Um, it reached number 15 in the Billboard 200 chart, which that's the album chart. And was nominated for Best New Artist at the 2008 Grammys and voted for voted Best Band of 2007 from Alt Press, Alternative Press. So I'll save the rest of my thoughts for a little bit later. One uh, stat, Justin. One stat that I want to do. I always I always like to play this game. If neither of you know this, how many monthly listeners do they have on Spotify? Ooh, ooh. I love Listen. this game. Listeners, not listens, right? Like not Listen, plays. Lis- listeners, yeah. I don't know what's a high number, so I'm gonna say eighty thousand. Okay. <laughs> I know it's more than that. <laughs> I will say it's higher. Yeah. Um. I know that like mainstream artists are like million plus. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know to be honest. Somewhere this, in the this, hundreds. This is gonna melt your faces, you two. <laughs> okay. Paramore monthly listeners. Thirteen million four hundred and forty thousand. Thirteen million. And I was gonna say million. a million, and I thought that was me thinking they were more important than they were. <laughs> Thirteen, like it's just wild. It's wild. Massive influence. I, yeah, I, I, mean, I knew I was going low, but I, damn, I didn't realize I was going that low. I guess I was thinking like, well, plays don't equal listeners, and yeah, that's yeah. Now imagine the play. listens to players. Yeah. Oh Nuts. my god. Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, while while we're here, um, one second, I am gonna look up the place. Um, fucking Christ. Okay. Um, it's insane. Their most listened to their most listened to song of all time is "Misery Business." Makes sense. Three hundred ninety-six million just on that song. <laughs> That's like a little round. It's it's almost gonna reach another million very soon. <laughs> um. Okay. Wow. Anyway. A lot of girls uh, having their misery business moment, I guess. Or boys. Or non-binary people. Sorry. A lot of um, 41-year-old dudes in Maryland. I'll tell you what. I, apparently. <laughs> um, wow, first, thing, first thing I'll ask, though, is I always ask our guests, what made you choose this album specifically to talk about? Yeah. Um, so as, as you've heard, this is a very big musical year for me. And, uh, you know, I think Paramore... So... Paramore was, to me, and for a lot of people, it's very. It was a very important band 
to girls and women coming into things. Uh, and by coming in, let me rephrase that. Paramore is a very important band for women coming into punk and other kinds of rock music, in my opinion. Um, seeing Haley Williams doing her thing uh, and being able to be in like a rock slash like emo band versus like having to go the like singer songwriter route very much gave young Angie a thing of like, okay, women can participate in this. We don't have to be like just there. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it was like an insanely influential album to me as a child. I used to like, again, y'all kids don't know about this, but uh, I used <laughs> to play the CD over and over in my radio every day and like learn the lyrics front to back. I mean, my mom got me the deluxe edition for Christmas and uh, it had like karaoke tracks and like movie footage and like extras, which by the way, the B side, uh, the B sides to this album, "Decoy" and "Stop This Song," are some of Paramore's best songs, in my opinion. Anyway, so yeah, the thing that just made me choose it is I, I ultimately was like, this is probably in the maybe top three most influential albums to me becoming who I am today, as far as music and maybe as a person. Um, yeah. No pressure to Haley Williams if she happens to hear this. Um, yeah. You know, she's a regular listener. Yeah. 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 I, could, I could see her enjoying something like this for sure if it got on her radar. I don't know. She likes to nerd out about music from what I've... Well, if, Haley, if you want to come on the show, you yeah. 100% yeah. can because we'd love to talk to you. Right. Oh my God. I think I'd just like die. <laughs> like, you anyway. know, Haley, you, you can't pick this album because Angie already did. Sorry. We've already done it. So, yeah. and Del- we're doing the. Delete <laughs> my episode. <laughs> <laughs> just stitch them together, you know, make it sound like you're talking exactly. to her. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's like tons more information, but I want to like yeah, your questions because yeah. I could ramble right. forever. <laughs> uh, I So, normally in the hosting. Uh, the co-hosting seat i usually ask dylan what his like opinion on the band is prior to listening to the album for this week's episode um before getting ready for this episode were adam were you already familiar with this record like so before before this episode i had heard zero paramore songs in my entire life what um yeah amazingly even misery business i had never heard so Yeah, but strangely, um, about a week and a half ago, or like it was a few days before Angie, you chose like what it was going to be, and mm-hmm. I listened to it, and then I listened to it again, and I listened to it again, <laughs> catchy, and, and then I listened to it today, and I was like, in the year of 2021, that I'm listening to this album for the first time, it fucking rules yes. it rules i love it i absolutely love it love it are you and the 41 year old dude from maryland i am the 41 year old wow dude from i made a 41 year old dude from maryland into a paramore fan there I you go. close up shop yes like it's so it's so good like it's shocking that this i mean it's you look at the numbers like that's not shocking um yeah the funny thing is I had heard because I really love what is it? Uh pedals for armor. Is that the solo? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I listened to the shit out of that. 
um, all of last year. That was probably like in my top 10. And uh, love that. Her voice has always been like astounding. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. But this, I mean, it's just, it's her album. Like it's so commanding a performance. Yeah, this fucking rules. I'm so stoked to have a band that I'm like, I'm going to listen to all their shit now. <laughs> I'm excited for it. You know, it's funny. You said that you listened to it before Angie made the pick. I, too, listened to this album this week, earlier in the week, before you chose it for the show. Like, so I had listened to was Riot, it, like, maybe the day or two before you picked it. <laughs> was it based on, like, looking at 2007 albums? Or you guys yeah, that's, got the that's idea? That's what it was yeah. for me, right. yeah. That's what yeah. I did, too, yeah. All right. I have a lot of people in my life wasn't... tell me, like, that's what I'm saying. I've I've, like started friendships with people and in that conversation they're like i don't know why i just got the urge out of nowhere to listen to like oh boy for the first time in three years i'm like that's so funny i did too which I, that is what happened in the pandemic and <laughs> now i'm re-obsessed with them like i'm a kid again but anyway yeah i run into people coincidentally linking up with my audio waves a lot Wild. <laughs> Wild. Funny. yeah i'll have to i'll have to get your advice on fallout boy later i've done a little bit more yeah. with them um like take this to your grave fucking rules but i never went in like that's my favorite okay all right um i never went in very Let's deeply on later stuff. okay okay yeah if um i get into them i'd say like they you could probably stop after i don't know really quick rundown anyone listening you want to get into follow boy start with take this to your grave and throw under the cork tree infinity on high is good uh, I have never listened to Folia do that much, which is the next one in order, and that one's got a couple songs. I don't think the albums after that are very, very uh, good. Yes, <laughs> I'm understood. You know what? Yeah. Pete Wentz is expressing himself, and that is okay. Um, yeah. anyway. <laughs> and Andy Hurley fucking rules, too, you know? So oh, I love yeah. that that dude yeah, is insect. Like, it's, in- <laughs> it's insane <laughs> to think about. Race Trader, too. Yeah, he's like, oh, I got to oh. play with Race Trader, and then I'm playing in, uh, you know, Nationals Park Stadium the next night with Green Day and Weezer, you know? Yeah, I mean, fun fact, I actually was looking into that, because, like, Fall Out Boy has a very uh, strong link to the Chicago hardcore scene. Like, they were all in hardcore bands before they yep. started Fall Out Boy, which really makes you think, like, these adjacent bands, like, is Koyo going to become some, like, giant household name, and they're going to be yes. like, I'm not used to playing Typecast. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, no, like, so they're all very connected. And I just found out that Pete once used to play bass in Race Trader sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think people would go fucking nuts if he did that again. <laughs> wild. You just, wild. Yeah. yeah. It would be that, like, Bruno Mars, Pete Wentz meme, you know? Have you seen that one? Like, <laughs> yes, the one where Bruno Mars is, like, standing there, like, hey! He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, it's Pete Wentz! <laughs> I feel like any face that man makes, like, he's just so expressive. Yeah. It's yeah. an instant meme. But anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I I love that you had never heard a single Paramore song before the album. Crazy. That's amazing. I heard her whole soul. Like, I heard both of her solo records. Is mm-hmm. one kind of like, it kind of like, a, it came out so quickly after the first solo record. Yes. Um, but like both of those... I, okay, yeah, yeah. Both of those I really dug. And she's always been mm-hmm. like my only all right, so my only experience before this was uh Angie, the few that remain. Set your goals. Do you know that song? Oh yes. Yes. One where she's like, Hey <laughs> it's kind of like a cheesy intro. It's like, you know, a I poppy remember hardcore it's very song. corny. 
and she's like, hey yeah. guys, can I get in on this? And she like, but it like, oh, it's I a fucking breakdown. It's like, she <laughs> fucking yeah. rules on it. She's she almost also, rapping. <laughs> she was also on um, a Newfound Glory song. And what is the other one? I just had it. Oh, she has an awesome song with uh, Say Anything called The Church Channel. I don't know if you really? guys are into that band at all. But um, yeah, no, she she lent her voice to a lot of people. And uh, yeah. I can't say I blame them. <laughs> no, not at all. I remember hearing that Set Your Goals back in the day. And I was like, I want an album of whatever that is. Like, everyone, oh, yeah. the yeah. other guys can leave. Um, but yeah, this album. <laughs> Female friends so and Set Your Goals. No. <laughs> <laughs> This just like sent me down another reminder. Do you remember when they uh she did that song with it probably was with Chad from Newfound Glory? Uh it was like a quick little like they covered the Hide Your Kids, Hide Your Wife YouTube song. <laughs> really? I could see that. It was Chad Haley and then like Ethan Luck, who was like the guitarist for like the OC Supertones, which <laughs> I don't know if any of you are familiar with that band, but I don't think so. Uh, yeah, it was very. I had that downloaded on my computer back in whenever that meme was really popular. I just remember that, that just yeah. reminded me of that her doing guest vocals on stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? Uh, the opinion here is very straight. Fuck Chad Gilbert, but yeah. um, at the same time, after Laughter, which is the album Paramore did after they broke up, um, and then Haley's solo albums are fantastic. So I'm not saying that I'm happy any of that happened by any means, but I commend her ability to turn it into something beautiful for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. She did kind of channel that because on the solo record, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know a whole lot about that relationship. I'd always heard he's just a seemingly kind of a shitty guy. I don't really know. Um, so I would, I would be team Haley. Um, but yeah. what she was able to do and express on that album was very liberating um, or it sounded very liberating. It sounded very freeing and therapeutic and cathartic. It was really fucking cool to hear. And plus, I never really cared for Newfound Glory. So Team Haley. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll come, I'm one of my friends is going to listen to this and be like, what's wrong with you? But uh, yeah, I think I think they got a handful of tracks. Uh, well, I think My Friends Over You is like their best song. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he did do that. So, <laughs> guess there's yeah. that. Um, but, yeah, Team Haley. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, I, too, I was I listened to the record. I was like, this record is so good. Yeah. Why was I a dummy in 2007 yeah. <laughs> and not listening to this record? Like, I guess I was, I was still in my, uh, like, metal phase. So, I was definitely listening to a lot more of, like, I probably saw, like, Boris and Isis in 2007. So like that shows you where my like style of music mm. was at that point. Deadly serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No fun was had at first. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Boris. No Boris is actually <laughs> depends on what album cycle Boris is on. They can have some fun too. But um, I remember hearing yeah. Misery Business. Then I remember that's what you get. Um, that's a good song. I remember watching the video for that too. And I was like, hey, these songs are kind of catchy. But, like, I just never got further than that other than, like, another part of a scene that I don't really care about. And then it would take me a few years to really get into emo. And then I'm like, oh, you're stupid. Why are you writing off an entire genre of music? Because it's 
not cool. <laughs> yeah, and not to like insinuate that this is a, a thing that either of you did specifically, but it was really crazy because at the time, so like Paramore has had such a, a reaching influence, um, particularly just in the way that we perceive, again, women that make music. Like, yeah. <laughs> it still happens. Anytime there's a band with a female singer, it could be like, something that sounds like arch enemy i don't know and they're like that sounds like paramore because there's a girl singing yes. but at the time a lot of people uh i don't think wanted to give paramore a fair shake because you know why listen to this when i could listen to bayside or fallout boy or whatever and they're talking about my male experience of getting my heart broken which again i'm not trying to come in here and be out like mm, misogyny but you you know what i mean for sure. I do think a lot of people didn't really give them a fair chance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I definitely wrote down too in, in my notes. Actually, have quite a bit about uh, <laughs> what I believe was going on in uh, so societally. <laughs> um, so the thing that kind of like really spun out to me the most is I was like reading the Wikipedia article talking about like their like history, and there was mm-hmm. so there was like a Kerrang article where she was like the front cover of it and then like the main article of the issue and then like the article she came out later and was like yeah i don't really like how that article went because it kind of like framed me as the the focus like the main you know point of the band she's like i wanted it to be more on the group as a whole and not me specifically yeah a lot of people acted like she was a female solo artist with a backing band (laughs) and that was that was really frustrating so And then around the same time, there was a lot of stuff from, about the Josh Farrow being really mad that the media was focused on her and the band, like the band dropped off of a tour because of like some inner conflict going on around that time. And so like, I, I have no insight and like, I was not there. I don't know what their relationship was as a band, you know, behind the scenes, mm-hmm. but what it feels like with the way she reacted to that Kerrang article being like, no, it's not just about me. And then like this, this dude, this Josh dude, like going off. Cause like when he left the band too, he went off on her, like saying, Oh, she's a plant. She has a major label contract, all that other stuff. Oh my God. I remember that blog post. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was like, dude, <sighs> she's the reason why you're, you're having success at Paramore. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> if you're like my contributions to the band aren't as appreciated, I think she's the main reason the band was successful as they were. Like they were writing good fun songs, sure, and he was a key part of that, but I mean, part of what made them special was Haley. So Yeah. Yeah, and I I don't think it's just cuz she was a girl, but there was like so much she's an iconic front person. Like <laughs> just yeah. a really she's always been really enthusiastic and always wore like really like exciting outfits. Not that that's like what makes something, but you know, like I'm trying to think of like a metal band or something, but when the metal band guy comes out of the coffin and he's got the leather jacket and whatever, like that's going to make it more exciting. Anyway.
Yeah. There was that. Um, I unfortunately only seen Paramore once, and it was I think in 2018 or something. But um, the videos I saw and what I've heard from other people, she's very like engaging with the crowd and is like, "Are you ready?" Like type of stuff. And I don't know it. Um, like I said, all of that, and then the fact that it it really was so relatable for so many women who like wanted to do something in music or women and girls. Yeah, I do think Haley, you know, I guess gave them an edge or something, and that doesn't mean that her band wasn't as valuable as her by any means. But it's like I don't know. I'm trying to think of a band with like a really important like front person, but. Yeah, that that is the first thing people yeah. notice. And that even happens with like newer hardcore bands I know right now. Like how many new hardcore bands are the first thing you know is you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's the singer of so and so, but you don't hear like that's the bassist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing yeah. against bassists, you know what I right. mean? But it's that's interesting. Like someone's charismatic, yeah. Yeah, that someone is that I don't know, someone's that important, they're like the they're clearly the MVP of a band, you know, it's like Yeah. You know, like LeBron James has some good people around him, but he's LeBron James, you know, um, LeBron James. <laughs> the same thing, though, I think happened, you know, in my generation, the same exact thing. Like, it's mm-hmm. scary how mirrored this was to no doubt. Um, yeah, for sure. Was not about it. They, I mean, they were a band. They were like a band that had been together and playing for a really long time. And then it became about. Oh, the relationship aspect of like Gwen Stefani and this the basis. <laughs> um, well, always, funny always you the say basis. Um, <laughs> Not but, to be um yeah. Sorry, let me. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I just did want to throw this in. Like that was something that was kind of an issue too. Is uh I don't want to speak on it because it's not been super talked about. And I can tell Haley doesn't really like it being talked about, but um. There was a relationship with her and Josh at some point from what I've known. And uh, that's the thing that was kept. So I <laughs> I was on a message board called, uh, see, don't worry, I get to feel old too. Um, but I was on a message board <laughs> with like, Paramore fans uh, talking to people from Indonesia at like 5 a.m. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> they had a bunch of like message board topics that were like, do you think Haley and Josh are in love? Do you think that they are dating? Blah, blah, blah. And I was even like inter fan stuff. And I remember at the time, like, yeah, I was like the hot gas or like whatever. But <laughs> I, I, I wasn't really, uh, I don't know. I was like, if she doesn't really feel like talking about it, then why are we, uh-huh. why are we making this a thing? And that is what happened with no doubt too. And then of course, I think it seems like the members of no doubt also got like mad that she was the focal yeah, point. And it's like, well, Again, it's not just that it's a girl. These are really charismatic, awesome front people. Yeah. They're, yeah, yeah I mean, of, these are, like, generational talents, you know? Like, the yeah. same thing happened with Blondie. Like, Debbie Harry yeah. was the star was of Blondie. And, like, she had a relationship with the, one of the members. They were married, actually. stayed together for quite a while. But still, at the same time, there was well, this, like... Well, like, Sleepwood Mac and Stevie Nicks. Yeah. True. It just... It, it's almost like... It's the common theme here <laughs> is misogyny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, is, because sure. it's, you know, men single out the woman in the band and then they get mad that the woman is being paid attention to. You're the asshole that's not listening to the band because you saw a pretty girl. How is that her problem? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I'm sorry, I did say this kind of while uh, Justin was talking. So for those who didn't hear, I think, again, Stevie Nicks from Fleetwood Mac is a really good example of this. Sure. Um, even like, a, I do not know if there was a relationship, but like my dad used to always tell me, he's like, I think it's really screwed up that they uh, they pay attention to Mama Cass the most and like the Mamas and the Papas, because that was <laughs> a band he's really into. And uh, all those kind of like older things. And again, it's just it's tale as old as time. Um, pretty girl joins the band, <laughs> and then everybody's like, "Ooh, pretty girl." Yeah, yeah. And, uh, how is that her problem? Why did? Yep. Why is it her fault that she's pretty and she knows how to sing? Yeah, yeah. There, yeah, there, it was weird because like I even went back and like read a bunch of articles from around the time that this mm-hmm. album came out, and like, what do you call that? It's your source source historical documents or whatever. You know, like primary historical <laughs> documents where you yeah. pick the stuff from the time period because it's the most true to what was happening for sure yeah. and uh, most of the reviews were from sites most of the reviews are written by guys and like almost every review mm. was like i didn't want to like it or like i didn't uh, it's fine it's why whatever right? yeah i know it's like why didn't you want to like yeah. it like that <laughs> that was the alt press um, review but i do know that we're uh sort of running towards adam's time so <laughs> I mean, you want to reroute back to talking about the album versus the gossip? We can do that. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah let's do that then. So, so good. <laughs> like it's so good. It's undeniable. It's undeniable. Right. You know when uh, you hear us, you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we all we started at the same like, time. <laughs> no, it's okay. I just feel like every track kind of has its place. Like I, I say this a lot in articles because it's important to me. But like everything feels like it's really well placed for a. For a pessimist is one of the strongest like album opener tracks that i could think of and it very much just like sets the tone for the whole thing and again misery business is like an iconic song again i know that she like doesn't really sort of think those values hold up anymore like i know they don't play misery business anymore which uh not to brag but i got to see one of the last couple times that she did that thank god Whoa. Um, like played the song <laughs> but uh Otherwise, I would have died mad. <laughs> but yes, I, I do think that she could. Uh, she could probably rewrite that. But or just I understand the, that. Or just do the first verse again, because the chorus is what mainly people are there for anyway. I feel like yeah. that one. Yeah. But I guess it's still the whole like I stole your man <laughs> kind of like theme. Yeah. Um, which uh, clearly is resonating with millions of people. Yeah. Um, Almost so, one hundred yeah. million people. <laughs> so. Uh, that lives to see another day, I guess. But yeah, yeah I understand. Like, I don't know, it's kind of how like something corporate won't play Constantine because that's like a relationship he's not in anymore or whatever. Like, you think about it, and these bands write these iconic songs. It's been what did we say, 14, 15 years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not surprised that an adult divorcee Haley Williams <laughs> does not feel exactly the same as a uh, choppy haircut Haley Williams did. You know. Yeah. Angie, you might oh, know this. Great how how old was she when she performed on this album? Um, like, I know she was in her early twenties, but I am gonna uh, source out Google for this really quick. Okay. So, I think I read something that said she was eighteen, but I don't know if that's accurate either. That was yeah, like nineteen. Was like nineteen. Well, she her birthday is in December, so yeah, she was eighteen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so think she was seventeen when she was probably writing it. Maybe. Oh yeah, writing it came out in March. It just oh yeah, 
that's unbelievable to me. But I do like, yeah, she seems like a really thoughtful, intelligent person who's like has set the song down because it's not part of her DNA anymore. It's like glass jaw. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But like, I appreciate that he still plays those songs though, even though they don't quite line up. But again, it's Haley's it's Haley's right to do what she wants. You know, you can really tell that she's 18 years old because in, in the song where she's like, I waited eight long months. I'm like, oh, that's a long relationship, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Eternity, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. I waited eight months. But um, and meanwhile, I, I know like 20 people that are like, yeah, I've been dating this guy for three years. We live we lived on separate sides of the country. We have a pit bull together now. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's the hardcore way, but um, I was gonna say those sound like hardcore relationships. Well, um, me the best, you know. Well, yeah, <laughs> we wish you the best, but they're they're definitely long. Um, but anyway, yeah, she definitely is a very intelligent, thoughtful person. But unfortunately, as somebody who also was like as a kid, uh, people were like, "Oh, you're so you're so grown up for your age. You're an old soul. You don't have to talk about anything, whatever." That also results in you saying things that you feel very very passionately about at the time. Um, and then because you're like, I am the intelligent one, like I should know this. And then a couple years later, you're like, Oh my fucking God, why did you say that out loud? Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. But it's like, (laughs) well, think about this. We all had those things that we thought and said at like, you know, much in line with something that, you know, like misery business talks about when you're 18 Mm -hmm. and you're like, yeah. But hers has been heard by 400 million people, you know? Like, yeah, it sold triple platinum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what? Um, and I was just uh, I was just listening to the new Tyler, the Creator album while I was getting ready. And uh, he's got a song about stealing somebody's girlfriend. <laughs> so it's clearly still a relevant issue to a lot of yeah. people. But yeah, imagine like, oh my God, if my Tumblr posts Whoa. went triple platinum. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Yeah journal that i was making oh. at this point yeah yeah <laughs> my space uh, yeah <laughs> your bulletins on MySpace. But again, uh, I will send the links to you guys. Um, 
Adam probably saw me on my story yesterday being like, what shall kids know about this? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the B-sides, right? Yeah, there's a decoy, which I think that was like the regular sidetrack. And then Stop This Song was like the Japanese track. I'm so glad bands don't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like the Japanese B-side track. So hard to track down, down, yeah. They're so good. Like, I wish those made it to main album. Or like, oh my God, other side note. Their two songs that they made for Twilight finally made it to Spotify. Those are also fantastic Paramore songs, like some of the best. Are they like, on the soundtracks, it? Angie? You know? Yeah, they were. Um, I don't think they I've made heard. it. In- oh my god, that's you want to talk about Haley Williams' influence? The first time I dyed my hair like one solid color, uh, I was. 12 which is probably a little young but again here's to this mom because i saw the decode music video and i was like mom can i look like that (laughs) (laughs) there was a phrase that used to go around at that time called uh you were a faily which is like a fake haley (laughs) and it was all the girls that dyed their hair red and oh my god and i finally dyed my hair blonde for the first time (laughs) and then she dyed her hair blonde the next day (laughs) Yeah, you, you oh, became no. the influencer, you know. <laughs> I guess, but yeah. So that's like, oh my god, she she made identities out of people. That was crazy. And again, I know this is like not totally related to the music, but it's like, I guess something in it maybe was just so relatable to young girls and like again and other people as well. But like, <sighs> what a figure in the community, you know? <laughs> For sure. I feel like that's I feel like that's the first woman of that era that comes to mind for a lot of people yeah and think about how important it was to have someone in you know in that scene like Mm. you have Haley, and then you have like let's be honest there's some awful people from that (laughs) ap warped (laughs) documented and not as well documented so like Mm -hmm. you have someone that's like such a positive role model who's clearly more successful and Let's be frank, talented than most of these other people. Um, to, to me, it's like she's up there with it's like Gerard Way and Haley Woods. Yeah. Like, yeah, right no, for sure. You know, because even um, though like Fallout Boy has Fallout Boy and then to a lesser extent Panic at the Disco has like maintained their mainstream popularity and attention, <laughs> they Brendan Urie, well yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. yeah. Like, Brandon Urie's crazy. And then also, like, uh, my community college graduation that I had in 2019, uh, they they played a slideshow to the song High Hopes by Panic! at the Disco. Whoa. That is the worst song. <laughs> like, in the moment, I was just laughing and thinking, like, if you told childhood me that my college graduation song was going to be a Panic! at the Disco song, I would have been like, oh, my God, which one? That's so cool. And I'm like, what is this old Navy music? And like that's yeah. They, I'm maybe this is a hot take. I think that bands, if they don't want to make the music they're known for anymore, um, obviously there's natural evolution of a band. Like for example, like Title Fight, I think has evolved yeah. in a way that didn't alienate anybody. But um, yeah, if you're gonna go as drastically different, like I'll follow up. Boy makes hockey anthems now. It's <laughs> like yeah. me and my friends call them, or like. I hopes type stuff like it's totally fine to start a new band. Just yeah. saying, uh, you're tarnishing the legacy a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. There's a very, a very um, clean distinction between 
you know, like an AFI or a title fight, like a band that just complete, you know, or converts. Yeah. They're not as Ooh. drastic, but like, then you have a band. Do you remember that metalcore band called Hundredth? Yes, I yes, do. That was and weird. Straight up shoegaze, straight shoegaze. Like should have called it something else. I think in my, yeah, I, opinion, you know what I mean? I think that would have been fine. And it doesn't, I'm not saying that to like insult either side, uh, no. either type of music, but I was, I was dating someone at the time who was like super into hundredth. He's like, Ooh, a new hundredth album. And then I was like, Whoa, <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> I think you have a better chance of catching on with that second act. If you have, maybe not if you're panic at the disco, you already have that name, but I don't know. It's just an odd choice to me. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Brennan Yuri makes solo stuff sometimes, but that's yeah. cursed too, because that fucking song he did with Taylor Swift. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah i guess the difference too being though with hundredth is like they weren't a super well-known band True. And their yeah. switch actually got them more attention dylan actually yeah, booked them a long time ago for like mm-hmm. a hardcore show here at hickory and oh wow they wound up having to cancel because they were like on a tour so they wound up having to cancel the date but yeah it was just fine whenever like the first time i heard the switch from the to the yeah. shoegaze sound i was like i mean it's what? a cool switch but it's yeah like, huh? <laughs> what happened yeah yeah but yeah paramore i like kind of to bring it back to them i feel like they've had a really nice natural evolution from like very youthful like riot type stuff that's like kind of in the moment gonna make sense to people that are younger to like again after laughter the album that might be their that is their most recent the one that she wrote about her divorce and everything that's kind of like the sad millennial like She's followed us through the ages with relatable music, and that's really cool. Um, I'm sorry. I did the she thing. They have followed us with relatable music. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I think it's really cool when a band like that, you can, like, grow up with them. Yeah. Which yeah. obviously isn't your experience as a 41-year-old new Paramore fan. But I'm, gonna, I'm, but I'm sure go, you've had bands like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. And I think that's one of the interesting things for me to hear an album like this, which is, it's just one of those albums that's undeniable from the first song. Like these mm-hmm. songs are too good not to be heard by 4 million, 400 million people. Yeah. Exactly. Like, they're destined for that. Um, yeah. I, I, I am excited to kind of go through, like, do you have a personal ranking that you can just, you call upon of their albums? Sure. A bunch of albums, don't they? Yeah. So six um, or something. That's it. Yeah, I, yeah. I will say I dropped out at some point and thought I was too edgy for them. <laughs> but so maybe not a ranking, but I Riot is my favorite. Okay. Um All We Know is Falling, their first one. Also amazing. Um I have I think I have to get into brand new eyes because I have right. friends that were really into that and I, I have like a handful of songs I have from there. Their self titled album, really good. They're like probably the thing that's going to make them royalties for the rest of their life. Uh, Ain't It Fun is on that album. So that's also a little more of a mature one. And then After Laughter is really good. So for me, my three favorites are Riot, All We Know Is Falling, and After Laughter, probably in that order. But I might have to give them more of a deep dive myself, honestly. And I haven't listened to Haley's second solo album yet because I, I heard it's really depressing and I wasn't in that kind of mood when it came yeah, out. It's not like the feel-good hit of the summer, you know what I mean? Oh, definitely not. And I mean, <laughs> no. it's like, it's kind of how I treat uh, 
I'm a big Julian Baker fan. I don't listen oh, to Julian yeah. Baker on purpose that often. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think at least the newest Julian Baker, it still has those moments, but like the fuller sound makes it less heart wrenching. Yeah. <laughs> There's still okay. those moments. Uh, yeah, the, the newest Haley record is is primarily an acoustic record, so yeah, it stands out yeah, a lot exactly. more. It's, it's really good, but yeah, very different. Um, my favorite of Haley's solo songs, I would say, uh, is Rose's Lotus Violet Iris. Yes, mm-hmm. um, that has backing vocals from Boy Genius, which is Phoebe Bridgers, Julian Baker, and Lucy Dacus. Oh, um, I was like, my worlds are meeting. They are the the oh. like dramatic backing vocal kind of thing that's happening in there that's them and you can hear julian really strong once you know that (laughs) the interesting thing is i'll bet all of them if not completely familiar with her are Mm -hmm. likely fans you know and like maybe definitely up with that right yeah i was older yeah i would say so i think phoebe said that she was a fan at some point for sure um which would make sense to me so i'm just like i would again shit myself (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> being given that offer like just like oh i need to record this funny time yeah anyway that boy genius, that boy genius record's phenomenal oh fantastic record oh souvenir is difficult is it, yeah anyway great album yeah. um <laughs> but are there any songs on the record that you would like to point out as like really good but maybe people don't think about that much yeah i think when it rains is a really good song yeah. um I know that's a little more of like a down tempo y type one. <laughs> At the time when I first listened to this, I thought Let the Flames Begin and like Crush, Crush, Crush were like some of the like hardest songs I knew. <laughs> but I think Let the Flames Begin is really good. I'm trying to skim that. The whole thing's pretty good. The, I would say like the only track that I maybe skip sometimes is like Hallelujah. Mm. And it's not a bad song by any means, but the rest of it is like so strong that it kind of is like. I would have put a B side in there instead, personally. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think Hallelujah suffers from uh, bad sequencing. I think if it was on a different spot on the record, it would probably yeah. stand out a little more. Yeah, but it kind of like cuts the energy, which I get it. That that's how people structure albums. You know, the third or fourth track yeah. is usually a slow one, but like I feel like this one's it needed to Maybe to do that. around with Misery Business. Yeah. Having those, oh wow, yeah, having <laughs> the first three tracks be pessimist, that's what you get, and misery business. Wow. Yeah. So it's uh, it's pes- I have it on my little Spotify here, but it's pessimist, that's what you get, hallelujah, and then misery business. I don't know if maybe they put hallelujah there so that misery business could like pop, if yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just did a little hand motion that they're not gonna be able to see. It was it was kind of like jazz hands. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know that I would have put that right there. But it's, would, a, it's a good Paramore song. It is. We're splitting hairs. <laughs> I would probably swap that with Crush, Crush, Crush. Because Crush, Crush, Crush is a different enough yeah. sounding song. Yeah. But doesn't kill the energy between those two songs. Yeah. That was my thinking, yeah. too. I was like, Hallelujah is a really good song that doesn't fit here. It's, it like, I would say it's the one that sounds the most like their first album. Mm. So It was the second single, too. Was it? Yeah. Misery Business was first. Then it was second. Then it was uh, Hallelujah. Which I'm part of me is wondering too if they were trying to like tap into that Christian music market because they That's did have that, <laughs> that tangential relationship there. And then it's Crush, 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 and then it's That's What You Get. I think it's the order they came out in. I forgot okay. Crush, Crush, Crush. Like, I don't think I even remember hearing that song. I forgot that was a single, but I do have strong memories because it was a, 
that song was on rock band. <laughs> so oh, really? any, yeah. So anytime I played rock band with my family, I was like, I insist on singing this one. <laughs> <laughs> my grandma's downstairs like, oh, I'm fond there, honey. <laughs> that was one of, listening to this album, that was one of my favorites. Like the one, yeah. two of Miracle and Crush, Crush, Crush. I was like, this is my shit right now. <laughs> Miracle is a very like underrated song. Like when I was first looking through this album, because I, I talked to a friend to try to like decide whether I want to do this or Infinity on High. Um, I was like, oh, I would say the only weak tracks are like Miracle and Hallelujah. But like Miracle is a good one. Um, I, I honestly think the weakest track is probably Fences because it's got that weird swingy beat It's kind of random, it. but I do like it. <laughs> I think they were oh, smart the to put it, yeah. put it at the like second to last track. It's like if that was in the front of the record, people would be like, "What is this?" But yeah, it's far enough down yeah. there that it's like, okay. They have <laughs> a lot cool. of like freaky influences compared to like the kind of music they make. Like I know mm-hmm. Haley's really influenced by No Doubt. Um, in fact, I do know she likes a good amount of hardcore bands. Like I think she's a big American Nightmare fan, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yeah, that was probably like her going through a thing and was like i want to make a rockabilly song like i don't know i don't think it's a bad it's just randomly there yeah what's speaking of like hardcore influence what's the song where she uh she sings the lyric from refuse back oh is that let the flames you guys popped off again i'm sorry Um, oh really okay yeah it's near the end of the album and she says it's born for this okay oh the last track yeah the last track and it's like, you know, it's it's clearly the lyric sung in the same, you know, with the same melody to it. Um, I'm like, she's she's got some roots for sure. Does did Paramore ever cover Refuse? That'd be amazing. <laughs> because now I want to hear yeah. that. <laughs> the the true crossing of worlds for me is like uh completely outside of any rock music. My my favorite like singer singer is SZA. Mm-hmm. Um and Haley did this very like stripped down kind of sad cover of a SZA song once and then SZA reposted it and I'm like ah my girls like <laughs> they see each other coming together um. yeah I'll definitely have to shoot you that one it's a nice little uh depressing playing on the living room floor cover yeah right <laughs> what's the there was a band earlier in the year that was like that got shouted out by Haley like you know a smaller band um and they were just like through the fucking like over the moon with joy. I can't remember who it was, but it was such a neat thing to see. I mean, I know she she's definitely always been really vocal about liking Turnstile, but I don't know who the band was. It may have even have been a smaller band than that. I can't think of what it was. I'll have to go back and try and dig it up because it was such a neat moment. Yeah. She was so sweet about them. And they were like, is this really Haley Williams? Was it a hardcore band or was it something else? I think it may have been like an emo, is, like a, was it, one of the more modern emo bands, like Awake was pink, but Still in Bed. Was it? Was it Pink Shift? No. Was it Pink Shift? I don't Everybody think so. Everybody compares it, them to them. But. Wasn't that recent? But um. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Awake but Still anyway. in Bed could be. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, seems really cool. I'm looking at I'm looking at time for Adam right now, and uh, oh yeah, yes. yeah 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 we're good. For sure. We've got five minutes left, so let's do all the social media wrap ups real quick. Where can we get Resonating Zine and follow you online and all that good stuff? Yeah. So, unfortunately, I'm probably going to talk about stuff like Paramore on there very often. But um, my website itself is www.resonating.us. 
and my social media handles. So my Twitter and my Instagram are both resonating zine. And my Facebook URL, if anyone cares about that, is a resonating blog because I can't change it. <laughs> well, awesome. Um, and Adam, tell people where we can follow you online, too. And thank um, you so much for being my co-host this week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know that I stepped into any any shoes. Dylan is far better at the, uh, the co-hosting <laughs> format than I am. Um, currently a little occupied, but um, <laughs> yeah, you know, just on social media at Dolphin Farts with a Z. Um, <laughs> there's, a sto- there's a story there. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and you know, do a good bit of writing for no echo. Um, everyone on there is amazing. Check it out. Carlos is the greatest. Got a couple fun ones coming one step closer interview, which is like possibly going to be my album of the year at this point. Um, it's that good. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, yeah, by resonating zine, I've got a couple of them on my desk right now. Yes. So yeah, I, I do still have copies. Um, if anybody here is going to, um the show in gary indiana next week on the 15th which is uh end it shackled and like some chicago bands um i am going to be selling that there and then more exclusive information if you go to the pop-up in milwaukee wisconsin uh september 11th first date they had open can't forget um, that <laughs> yes there will be there will be a pop-up uh, two hours before i will have zines and i will also have my first shirt which i'm really excited about because awesome. Mr. Oh, Dewey three one two killed the design, like in a good <laughs> <Cool>. way. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But yeah. Well, thank you both so much. I know Adam, you got to yeah. run, and uh, yes. I really appreciate this. This is great. I had a lot of fun. Me too. Super cool. Yeah. Ton of fun. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Stoke, so you, did, you, you did it, Angie. You were awesome. Sorry. <laughs> thank you. I'm I'm very I'm very honored and happy that you guys invited me. It's, it's not often I'm on the other side of the press, so very cool. <laughs> yeah. Right. I wanted to thank both Angie and Adam again for doing the show. This conversation was really, really fun. Uh, we got off on lots of tangents, but this, this is a really, truly great episode. Uh, I was very happy. Thank you, Adam, for filling in for Dylan. And Angie, thanks for coming on and having fun with us. Um, you can follow us on all forms of social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Punk Lotto Pod. Uh, you can follow our Patreon. I'll be over there solo again this week. Uh, I believe I'm going to do a 5x5, five five, a last FM 5x5. Five five. So head over to patreon.com slash Pod. And you can follow Dylan's writing on Substack. I believe it is punklottopod.substack or it's substack.punklottopod. Whatever it is. Check it out. It's in our link in the bio. And that'll do it for the show. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you later.